0: This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week we'll be talking with real people, with real stories, about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Our goal is to connect you with real people with real stories on how they think about bravery and how they have themselves demonstrated bravery in the workplace with the goal of helping you do the same. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations and if you would like to hear past episodes, go to bebraveatwork.com and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. I'm really excited today as our guest is Jane Matson. Jane is a career consultant. Speaker and author of the book, You, You, Me, You, a book devoted on how to effectively develop and sustain relationships. Hello, Jane.
1: Hello, Ed.
0: How are you today?
1: I am wonderful. And how about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days.
1: Oh, what am I doing these days?
0: I'm sure it's a ton of stuff.
1: You know what, Ed? It is. It's been a very exciting time to go on my own and be a career management consultant and really explore different opportunities. But there are three areas in particular that I'm focusing my attention on. One is the career coaching, where I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with professionals who are currently working. This is one of the trends that I'm noticing, that they want to work on their resume, even though they're not looking for a job right now, they want to be prepared, which is fabulous. Another area in the career realm is I love to work with early career professionals and really helping them figure out what is their next career move. So I have a couple of clients right now working in that area. The second area that I am working on is speaking. As you had mentioned, I have written a new book and I'm out there talking about it. This weekend, I'm actually doing a program actually talking about the actual concept of the you, you me, you. And then next week, I have the wonderful opportunity to be a speaker at the Bryant Women's Summit in Rhode Island. And I'm going to also talk about the you, you, me concept and really help others understand what it's like to build a relationship. And then the third area, which is actually in the other end of the spectrum, is retirement coaching. I'm a certified individual retirement coach where I work with individuals, but I also am a trainer to train others to be retirement coaches. So those are the three areas that my attention's right now being focused on.
0: Wow, well, you are one busy person.
1: I am.
0: (laughs) So two things I want to go back on just quickly. So I love this perception on the part of people that they need a resume at all times. I'm sure both of us have seen dozens of people who only think they need a resume when they're looking for something.
1: Absolutely, and that's where I was so thrilled. And I'm always thrilled when someone is thinking proactively. What these both individuals that I'm thinking of is they haven't had a resume in years and they don't even know where to begin. And as you and I both know that most people, when they're putting a resume together, they're putting it more of a task and responsibility versus accomplishment with actual results. So I'm really excited to help them be proactive so that when the opportunity comes up, and a job that they want and they know they're qualified for, they'll be ready versus, you know, can you put a resume together for me in two hours? It doesn't work that way.
0: Right. And when you're at work one day and the favorite company you've always wanted to work at calls and says, hey, we'd love to talk with you. Can you send us your resume? You want to send it right away <laughs> and not go out and create one. Say, oh, I'll get back to you in two weeks.
1: Absolutely. And so often people think that, can you help me put a resume together and when do you want it? Well, Can I have it next week? And it just doesn't. So for the listeners out there, it'd be wise to work with a consultant before you need it to really get you in a good, good place for when you do need it.
0: Fantastic. And then the second point is, I love the title of your book, You, You, Me, You. Can you tell us just briefly kind of what that means and how people can apply that?
1: Yes. The You, You, Me, You came out of my work as a career consultant working with people in job search, networking. What I came to realize was that everybody was talking about how to network, how to network. And one day it just dawned on me as I was working with a client and I realized that this client was not asking the person they were networking with any questions about them. And so I shifted my thinking, shifted my coaching and I started to say, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to talk to you about how to develop the relationship. And when you are networking with someone, it's all about you. It's all about you. Then it's about me. And then I'm going to leave it about you because it's all about leaving an impression. It's all about asking others more about them than it is about yourself. And so often in the networking people, you know, I get it. People are looking for a job, they're anxious, and they feel that they only have a short period of time. So they are going to talk about themselves. But what happens is they didn't develop a relationship and the relationship is for the future. So my concept came out of more of that putting the paper down says that does it, that does it. So it's not about you. It's really about the other person. So the concept is listen more than you talk. And really, it's more about the other person than it's about yourself.
0: Well, that sounds like a really basic and fundamental way of approaching starting to build a great relationship.
1: Exactly, Ed. And what I discovered when I start talking about the concept, then they become aware of it. In my book, I have these characters and one of the characters is called Hijack Harry. And we all know Hijack Harry and we have been Hijack Harry. And Hijack Harry is someone that once you start talking about, let's say you went on a trip to Italy and I started to say, so Ed, you went to Italy and what did you do? And Ed starts talking about his trip. And all of a sudden I say, oh, I went to Italy too. And I went to Rome and I went to here and there. And the next thing you know, I'm talking about my trip, not asking you about your trip. It is an easy concept for people to
0: pick up. We have all been hijack Harry's.
1: (laughs) We have.
0: And we've met hijack Harry's.
1: Absolutely, we have.
0: Well, listen, Jane, I know in your work as a career consultant and in your current work today, you've met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and I'd love to hear what some of your thoughts or beliefs are around this concept of bravery in the workplace. You know, what words or phrases do you think of or come to mind when you think about bravery?
1: You know, Ed, I've been really thinking about this, you know, in preparation for our conversation today. And so I'm going to use what, for me, what really comes to mind. First of all, it's courage. So bravery, courage, I think those can go hand in hand. As I thought about my career, I was blessed at a very, very young age, to receive two wonderful gifts from my father. One was the gift of confidence. He always, honey, 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 of course you can do it. So I grew up with thinking there's nothing that I can't do. That's number one. Number two, which is probably a little bit more value, and that is the sense of self-worth, that I was deserving of being treated with respect. So often we get intimidated by, hierarchies and a of my father's words as well is, honey, 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 they put the pants on the same way that you and I do each day. So I had this foundation growing up of self-worth, confidence. P.S., that doesn't mean that I didn't still struggle with some self-image things. So I don't want your listeners to think that I was perfect or I had anything that didn't bother me. So those two foundations, Ed, allowed me, when I went into the world of work, to be brave, to speak up. What I mean by that is that if something wasn't right, if I felt that I wasn't being treated or a situation could be improved, that I was never intimidated or scared to speak up, even when it wasn't really the best thing to do. It was, I can't believe you said that. So it was really about being courageous enough to speak up when I know things weren't going right.
0: Yeah, every time I speak with a guest, Jane, they share a word or a concept that I think is really compelling. And this word self-confidence, I think, would resonate with many of our listeners. And part of speaking up, I think, is, as I'm sure you are, always respectful and courteous in how you interject or share something, but you have this ability to say what's on your mind. Is that what you're describing?
1: Exactly, Ed, exactly. Exactly. And so one of the things that I have discovered is that people don't speak up because, number one, they don't feel that they can. That's the part about the self-deserving. Of course you can. But it's the language that a lot of times people don't know what to say and how to say. And, you know, as I think back, you know, the early days of the career that I was a sponge. I took advantage of everything. And I remembered I took a seminar on assertiveness. The assertiveness helps teach you language to use that, to your point there, is diplomatic and tactful so that you learn the how-to. So you have the foundation of confidence, and then now you're going to bring in some skills of the how-to do that. And that's why it's about the language that becomes important, because you do have to be respectful and use tact when you are speaking up.
0: I do a training program for teams. And one of the questions I ask a team in one of the morning sessions is to break out into groups of two and ask them, what are some of the reasons you do not speak up at meetings? And each time I've done it, they come up with a list of like 18 to 20 reasons as to why they do not speak up at meetings. And then we pause and I say, okay, now I'd like you to think about reasons why it is important to speak up at meetings. And we never can have more, right? So we're so stuck in this world of why I shouldn't say something. We're not spending enough time thinking about the advantages and benefits of saying something enough. And I would love to find a team one day who can't think of reasons why they shouldn't speak up because of their culture and have a really long list of why they should speak up because that would mean that what they're experiencing is what you're describing.
1: Absolutely. My number one value of any job or any boss is that I have to have the ability to speak up. To that boss without fear of retribution. And what I mean by that is that I can have the opportunity to say to go to the boss if there was something that perhaps I wasn't getting. And I'll give you an example that I am a big person of knowing people you manage, what motivates them? What is their motivator? Mine is recognition. And I appreciate someone that recognizes the work and says, Thank you. You've done a good job on For the Reasons X, Y, and Z. I need to be able to go to the boss to say, hey, there's something that has been bothering me for a couple of weeks now and I'd like to talk to you about. I preface it, I want to talk to you. Something's been bothering me. I bring the attention of that conversation to the boss and that I know because I'm speaking up that there's not going to be any fear like, oh, Jane's speaking up again. So it's my number one value going in to a relationship because it's important to your point here that if we don't speak up, we as employees, how is management really going to understand what's going on? So I applaud you for bringing that up in a team environment and really getting at the heart of what's going on and its culture. You would just mention that, but a lot of it, adds confidence. It's like the confidence to speak up. I'm on a crusade of courageous questions.
0: Great. I love it. For our listeners, this is a key area where most people want to be braver at work and want to say something to a boss or to a peer that is potentially difficult for them to hear, but don't know how to do it or can't find the bravery. And so years later, they reflect back and say, gee, I should have said something, but I just couldn't say it. I didn't know how to say it. So I hope by listening to these podcasts, by hearing the stories of our guests, folks, Jane, will understand the importance of saying what's on your mind, as long as you say it with respect and with concern for the other person. You know, a lot of people don't want to say what they want to say because they think the other person is going to take it as a criticism. And as long as you don't present it as a criticism, but a goal to help and share information with them, your likelihood for being braver will be greater.
1: Absolutely. And also in that, when you are speaking up, you are modeling behavior that you want others to follow. And that's why when I think back of the times when I did speak up, and boy, I think I spoke up a lot. (laughs) Good for you. I had a colleague once when I had asked a question to the president of, I think he was the CEO of the company. And it was a question about what did he do to release stress? And my friend tapped me on the shoulder. She goes, I can't believe you asked that question. I said, why? That's a normal question to ask. So I think it's important.
0: Great. Well, Jane, most of our guests have shared a story or an experience they've had demonstrating bravery in the workplace. And I'm curious if you have a story that you'd love to share with our listeners.
1: So the specific story, the story that I want to think about that demonstrates the bravery, and I think this goes back to the confidence and the self-worth. In one of my former roles in my first career, there was a situation that occurred where the VP. Now he's a VP level of the department head. Literally, taken an employee that worked for me. She was a contractor and had mentioned to go to work for a different division without letting me know. Came back to work, and when I found out that it was just take that person without telling the person clearly what she was doing, I went into his office and I had basically had said, you know, can you explain to me what happened. Well, after that, my boss said, Jane. You can't do that. I said, can't do what? And he said, you can't go in and speak up per se. I said, but it wasn't right. It wasn't right. Well, it was because this manager wasn't used to someone speaking up to him because he was known to be quite brutal. He was in manufacturing. So he had a really tough, tough personality. So fast forward when the time came when I left my first career and I left on my own, that manager paid for my party bought me some sneakers. I was a race walker, so he knew I exercised. And at the end, Ed, yet he might not have liked it at that moment that I spoke up, but I knew he respected me. So what I will say to your listeners, take the risk because the risk at sometimes at that moment, you might not like it and you may be scared, but in the end, what becomes more important? And for me, it's more important to be the integrity and to be not necessarily liked, but more to be respected. So that moment sticks out in my mind because of the reward that came years later that I wouldn't even know would have come from it. So that's a story I'd like to have the listeners kind of ponder.
0: Well, thank you. And I think the theme for our conversation today is really speaking up, that there are respectful and candid ways that you can share your perspective. That's why you're there right? Oftentimes they say for board of directors that every chair is there with someone who's going to talk, not just be quiet and sit there and shake their head, but raise their hand, ask questions, probing questions, et cetera. And so that's, I think, a real key takeaway for our listeners this morning.
1: Exactly. And it is the tougher questions that you want to ask. And as I also say to people that This isn't about plunging right in. So I wouldn't suggest for those who haven't spoken up to plunge right in. If you haven't been doing this throughout your career, it's like take little steps. And that's why, Ed, I encourage the younger professional, early to mid-career professionals to develop this ability and this confidence in themselves to be able to do that because it'll serve them well throughout their career.
0: Terrific. Jane, thank you so much today for sharing your thoughts about bravery and also your story about bravery. I think there's a couple of real key lessons people can take away, especially this idea of speaking up. Do you have any ways that folks can get in touch with you?
1: Yes. Thank you for asking. And they can reach me at one word, dot boston at gmail.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. I do a lot of writing on relationships and If any of your listeners want some coaching on finding the right language to speak up, I'd love the opportunity to work with any one of you.
0: Jane, thanks again for your time. It's been great speaking with you.
1: And Ed, you as well. Thank you so much.
0: Great. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We're in endless places. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.